God is so good. I feel like we've already been so deeply touched and blessed. It's amazing. I love this house of God. And I just want to take a moment and just thank the pastors who are not here physically, but here in spirit for sure. And just thank them for all that they have sown into each one of our lives. Even if you're just brand new here today, you know, this, this uh, presence of God is a gift to you that has been, you know, given by our Lord for sure, but by all of the sacrifice, the years of sacrifice and sowing, and it is, it is just good ground. So it's beautiful to see um, our new worship people up. Wow, like so, so good. I don't know where they all are right now. Lemma is somewhere. But anyway, so yeah, so good morning. Good morning. It's so good to be here. Yeah. Let's pray and then jump right in. So Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence and for your anointing. You are so good. We want to begin with that, Lord, just honoring you and just saying how wonderful you are. I'm thinking of all of the people in Buffalo that are watching right now. It's coming to my heart. Lord, all of us here physically in this building and on the Internet, Lord, we just come together united as one before you, and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to worship you today, Lord, to give ourselves to you again, Lord to start fresh, Lord, like your mercy and grace that's been extended to us today. Yes, Lord, you have a glorious destiny for us. We thank you that that's been given to us in your word, and we have good ground, Lord, when we stand there and believe. So we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Holy Spirit, you are with us. We love you, we love you, Lord, and we open our hearts, Lord. We give you our attention. Bless us today, Father, Father, bless us, and we receive the grace. We receive the grace today, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Yay. I, I'm just, I just want to stand here and just look at all your faces. And <laughs> you're all so wonderful, and it's just like a so truly a joy to be here. Thank you. All right, so how's your imagination these days? How's your imagination? Is it good? Yes, great, because we're going to use that today. And we're going to start right off with a little imagination exercise. Joy is our meditation teacher, guru, coach kind of thing. I've learned so much from her. And we're, we're going to start then with this. I want you to consider this scene. You can close your eyes if that would help you to kind of immerse yourself into it so that you can feel all that was involved. Or just keep your eyes open. But consider this, on one side of you is an impassable barrier, something that you cannot in your own human strength get by, like the Red Sea, for example. You know where I'm going, okay? The Red Sea, impassable. They didn't have any boats, the Israelites, when they arrived there. They went on foot, and there they were with the Red Sea. On the other side of you is an approaching an encroaching, approaching enemy army. 600 chariots, the scriptures say. 600 angry Egyptians. And not just any Egyptian, but experts in battle approaching you. How does that feel? On the one side is the Red Sea. You've never seen God split the sea before. We have no recorded evidence of God ever having done that previous to what the Israelites witnessed that day. 
On one side is the Red Sea, vast and rough. I've been to the Red Sea. It's not a calm sea. It's a rough sea. And on the other side of you is this army coming who is not bringing flowers. <laughs> no candy, no flowers. No, coming with their weapons yielded to bring you down. So what's that feel like? Pressure. Yes, pressure. That is a good word. Pressure. Because I'm sure that every single person here has felt pressure. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but there is pressure in the earth today. I would even wager, maybe unlike what we've known in previous times, significant pressure right now. There is a spirit behind that, a demonic spirit that's come to bring oppression, oppression to the earth. And today's topic is deliverance. We're going to be looking at miracles of deliverance today. We've had a month of looking at miracles. I think the first one, I know the first one was Pastor Tina teaching on miracles of healing. And then we had miracles of protection and miracles of provision. And today we're looking at miracles of deliverance. Yay, God. Yay, God. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had a couple of years, 13, maybe 14 years of working in deliverance ministry. Uh, not sure how I got there, except I just responded to the, a call because I was the least likely person that wanted to talk about the devil. I wanted to pretend that he didn't exist and absolutely just hide under a rug if, if there was any appearance or discussion of him. I uh, wanted to just believe like some people do today. Some believers don't think the devil's real. They don't believe that he exists. I think that's the same problem of just not being able to cope with the severity of what he's done in this earth and not having an adequate understanding of who our God is. Like Mike said today, God is great, right? He is our victor, our champion, and that's the truth. And so we're gonna be looking at that and I wanna start off with uh, just looking at what the words mean because we often like to do that here at Light City is dig into what the words mean. And so the word miracle, Joseph was sharing with us last week if you listen, very simply is a wonder. A miracle is a wonder or a wonderful thing. We all would love to have received a miracle and many of us, most of us, I'm gonna say all of us have received a miracle whether we know it or not. The Bible, or excuse me, the dictionary also says that a miracle is a surprising and welcome event, right? A welcome event that can't be explained by natural or scientific law because it's attributed to a divine being. A miracle, the credit goes to a divine being, which is a non-believer's way of saying God, God Almighty, all right? A miracle is something that God does because he wants to, because he's God, because he is motivated by love. He is motivated by mercy and love. And so when we see miraculous things happen in our midst, and you can do a quick Google search on modern day miracles, you're going to find some phenomenal things that God has done because he is a loving and good, good father. This is what God does. It's just who he is. Yes. So I'm very interested in what the Bible has to say about God's willingness to step in and do a miracle 
to bring about deliverance, which the dictionary defines deliverance as the action of being rescued or set free. The action of being rescued or set free. Sometimes people think of miracles as occurring when there's a trauma or tragedy of some sort. But, you know, deliverance happens every day. Even if we look at this notion of the pressure that people feel today, God wants to bring deliverance into that place of pressure to set us free so that we can be the people that God called us to be. When the pressure comes, it causes us to clamp down, to shrink back, to avoid contact with other people, to social distance, right? Not kind of playing on what we're experiencing right now in the world, but that's what happens. We, we pull back and God is saying, I want you to run, run to the problem, run to the people in need, run and be, be me for them, right? Be my hands, be my feet. And so we need this deliverance to set us free from the bondage that wants to make us seem small and shrink back. That's the enemy at work in our life. The identity that Pastor Joy talked about is the identity of being a child of Almighty God, anointed of him, consecrated by God, set apart by God, a special treasure, a chosen people. That's who we are. That's who we are. That should cause us to sit up in our seats, put our shoulders back, pick up our sword, and be ready to go out and defend the word of God, the gospel, in this time that we are currently living in. So put together, a miracle of deliverance is a wonderful divine act of being rescued. That's what it is. A wonderful divine act of being set free, of being saved. And God does them all the time. I'm just going to re recite a couple of them here. Remember the demoniac in uh, Luke chapter 8 and also in Mark 5, the, the man that was demon-possessed and Jesus commanded that legion of demons to leave him and they went into the, into the 2,000 pigs who found their way over the sea, over the, over the edge and into the sea, right? He cast them out. He did a, a miracle of deliverance there. Why? Who was this man? What motivated Jesus? What qualified that man to have that kind of encounter with the Lord? We know he was living in, a, in the graveyard, but we really don't know how he got there. Maybe he was a very devout man and something tragic happened in his life. Isn't that the way it is when we, when we encounter people that are, you know, we might say that's a bad man. But if we look into their story, we find that there's horrible incidences of oppression, things that have happened that cause us, even us here, sitting here today, to do ungodly things, things that we repent of and apologize for whatever that might be, maybe it's an outburst of anger, maybe you had a jealous fit over something, you know. God does miracles all the time. We love the story of Daniel, don't we, in the lion's den? That was a miracle. That was a one-time, wow, miraculous event, or the fiery furnace. How could that be, except for the mercy of God, the love of God, and, and some other things we're going to talk about today? Even Rahab, I like to think about her story. Here is a woman who was 
who was living in a pagan city, where did she hear about God Almighty? And yet she knew him. She knew him. And because of her relationship with God, she and her whole family were saved. The city was destroyed. Not one inhabitant left. But she was saved and so was her family. That was a miraculous intervention of God. I've had a few uh, miracles happen in my life. And I, I know you have. If you start thinking about them, they'll come to the surface. Because I had to think about them. Uh, one time, this is a, a small thing, but could have had terrible uh, consequences, terrible effect. I was driving home one night, one winter night, and it was an icy night, dark, icy, you know, not necessarily the best driving conditions. And I had my two small children in the back seat asleep. And I was close to home, but still, I'm driving along in this two-lane highway, and there's a transport truck on the one side and me here. And all of a sudden, two hands on the wheel, I find myself drifting into the transport truck. I actually made contact with a moving transport truck. I called on the name of Jesus and slid back out into my lane, <laughs> let him pass me, and pulled over and caught my breath. And I thought, did that just happen? Like, that doesn't seem the natural outcome right, of what should have happened there. And so I got out, and I, I looked to see, and it didn't look like there was really any damage. I, I went home, because I wasn't too far, and I turned the garage light on, and I looked to see, and I've got along the side of my mirror, okay, you know the little side mirror that you have on your car on the left side there? I had a little scratch mark that went down my mirror, and that was it just to show me that I had actually made contact with this transport truck. Thank God I didn't spin out or what. I don't even know if the transport guy knew that I hit him because he just kept on going, right? And that, that is a, a small example of, um, of the miraculous that I have experienced in my life. I would even call that a miracle of deliverance, right? Where I deserved possibly something else to happen, but God in his mercy did not give me what I deserved that day. I got just the love of God, the mercy of God in there. My kids got that too. And the nice thing about that story is that they didn't even know what happened. They slept through the whole thing. Thanks be to God. No trauma on them. Right? All right. So, so this is important that we uh, understand that this is the way God likes to work. This is who he is. This is, this is who he is. This is his personality, if you will. He is a good God. And he knew way before I had that incident that that was going to happen. And he had made provision for me way before that happened. That wasn't necessarily faith that caused that to work in that moment. That was the grace of God that caused that to work. And so, I don't know, maybe all that has happened to me up until that moment, you know, the times that I went on, you know, youth retreats and I read my Bible and I prayed and I listened to teachings and, you know, all of that went in. For that moment when I was going to have to call on the name of Jesus instead of calling somebody else's name, right? I called on God. All of that went into that moment. He had done miracles of provision in my life to ensure that I was ready for that. 
And I know that if you had to do a talk today, you would have spent some time thinking and digging and finding that God has done miraculous things in your life too. This is, and I hear lots of yeses, so I know that this is a, this is a people who knows God and, and has faith and believes. Hallelujah. Again, thank you to pastors and all the leaders that have the sacrifice so that we could be here today talking about this. Yeah. So, here's some scripture, because I, it's important that we base our confidence in the word. That's where our faith comes from, right? Our strength comes from there. Let me just read Psalm 37, verse 39. It says, the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. This is not just, you know, a nice thing that God is saying. He's saying, here is strength. As I read that, strength comes into me. I'm receiving the strength of God as I'm reading strength because when God says strength it's not just black and white words on a page it's actually a substance because the word of God is alive right it is spirit and it is truth and so that word comes in and deposits in me strength when I say that my youth is renewed like the eagles I am receiving whatever that agent is that causes my body to be renewed that's the truth the Spirit of God is alive, and he is in his word. And so when we read this, the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked, from pressure, from anyone who would dare to oppose us. Just like David said to Goliath, how dare you come against God? How dare you? And so any wicked force that would dare, God says, I will save them because they trust in me because they trust in me. The Passion Translation says, but the Lord will be the savior of all who love him. Even in their time of trouble, God will live in them as strength. Because of their faith in him, their daily portion will be a father's help. I love that. Again, this is who our God is. This is his nature. This is what he does. He does what a good father does. Even if you had a lousy father here on earth, and that happens because we, you know, without Jesus, we don't have love to give. So if you had a bad father, again, we just extend mercy because we know that hurting people hurt people. That's what happens, right? But in this situation... God wants us to imagine the perfect father. And we can't even. But our, our help is the father's help. Our portion of grace today that we receive is from our loving father. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 50 is another one, another great scripture that talks about this help. Jeremiah 1 says, and they shall fight against you, talking about the oppressive force against pressure but they shall not prevail against you. That's an important word, prevail. It's easy to just kind of skip over it and think we know what it means. But when we prevail in prayer, to prevail in prayer means that you don't quit until you win. That's what it is to prevail. You don't quit until you see God do the thing he said he would do. And if you don't know what God said he would do, 
Open the scriptures and you will find out what God said he would do for you. And so the enemy too tries to prevail, right? He tries to buffet, 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 hoping that we'll quit, hoping that we'll shrink back, we'll lay down our lives, not for Jesus, but for him, and amount to nothing. That's what he wants. He will try. But God says, I promise you, I promise you that you will be delivered. And so we stick with that word, right? That is strength to us. That's strength to us. So many other scriptures I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna jump into just for time's sake here. You know, Jeremiah 15, Psalm 91 in its entirety is a beautiful, beautiful representation of God's mercy, his power to deliver us. In fact, when COVID broke out, I heard that there were a number of people that were confessing Psalm 91 every day, just going over it and reminding, building our faith, right, for God's protection and deliverance. So good. So I want to look at this idea of what sets us up for uh, a miracle of deliverance or qualifies us for a miracle of deliverance, right? But let's just go back to the scene of Moses and the Israelites and see kind of how they handled that situation. Pressed between the Red Sea and the entire Egyptian army. I believe the scripture says the whole Egyptian army Pharaoh brought with him against the people of Israel, right? So maybe you can hear that happening. The waves are on the one side and the horses' hoofs galloping towards you are on the other side, right? And you look around, and what do you see? Men, women, and children. <laughs> like, there's no army, right? And there's no way of escape. There's no way out. You're boxed in. The temptation is to maybe throw up your hands. I say temptation because temptation comes from the devil, okay? It doesn't come from you, right? You're not a bad person. You have the spirit of the living God abiding on the inside. So if you feel tempted to say, oh my God, where are you, God? What the heck's going on, God? Or whatever you might say. Hopefully it's not worse than that. But anyways, and no condemnation if it is. But So whatever, right? That's the temptation, is to wonder, what happened to God? What's going on? Like the Israelites said, geez, Moses, did you bring us out in the desert so that we could die? They were complaining. And that's, that's um, a very, very kind of natural response to the situation. A very natural response to the situation. But we have to remember in this time, and maybe, maybe you are in a place right now where you feel boxed in, or maybe you feel like you're kind of cornered and things are not working out. You've tried your best. It's easy to be tempted, and it's easy to forget what God's already done because the Israelites were just delivered from Egypt. God went to like great lengths to deliver the people. Remember all those plagues that came against the Israelites? And do you remember that God caused the Egyptians, sorry, the plagues that came against the Egyptians? Do you remember that God caused the Egyptians to send the Israelites with all their gold? <laughs> do you remember that? Oh, come on, that's a miracle. Right? These were slaves making bricks, having next to nothing, and all of a sudden they're walking out with a big gold necklace on, you know, maybe whatever, the big gold earrings, bracelets, all kinds of stuff. 
That's God. He is so good. So what did the Israelites do? In Exodus 14, it says that the people panicked when they saw the Egyptians. They panicked. They panicked. I would like to think that I wouldn't panic, but mm, I'm pretty sure I would have panicked. I don't know. But they panicked. But God did something anyways for them. Right? God did something anyways. Why? Because they had faith? No. They panicked. Their faith was being contaminated by fear. But God did something. What happened in that? If you look at the scriptures, they called to Moses. They complained to Moses. And what did Moses do? This is my hopefully big takeaway for you today, okay? We're going to get to this end where I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you a little call, a little challenge here to do what Moses did and get the same results that Moses got, by the way. What did Moses do in this situation? He called out to God. Hey, God, or whatever language he spoke at the time, I don't know exactly, right? Hey, God, what are we supposed to do? He talked to God about his problem. He talked to God about his problem. He processed his problem with God. We do a lot of processing of our problems, you know. We do a lot of venting, calling our friend, kind of going over and 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 over until the problem gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? And the anger or the offense or the hurt gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. We process. We already do this. I'm not asking you to do something that you don't already do that I do. <laughs> Occasionally. Uh, truth be told, if my faith is down, the complaining goes up. Right? If my strength is down, the complaining goes up. So Moses trusted God and he talked to God about the problem. And God said, hey, what did he say? Lift up your staff and command that sea to part. God gave him the answer. That was the answer that God had chosen before the beginning of time for Moses and the Israelites. If Moses hadn't talked to God, what would have happened that day? I don't know. I don't know if, if, Moses, you know, if God would have raised somebody else up to call out to God with a, you know, a, a, a request. I don't know what would have happened, but we do know this, that Moses said, God, what are we supposed to do? And God said, raise your staff, lift the sea. And what happened? The Red Sea parted, and the people of Israel crossed on dry land. Again, dry land, not mucky, disgusting land, right, that's hard for the wagon wheels to get through, but dry land. This is our God. This is our God. And this is, Titus 3, 5 says, he saved us not because of righteous things that we did, okay? Not because of righteous things that we had done, which are good. We should do righteous things. We should live holy lives. We should do these things. But God's not delivering us because we're so great. Our holiness is fruit. It's not the root 
of why God is doing good things for us. It's fruit. It's demonstration that we have a relationship. So he did this because, Titus 3.5 says, of his mercy. Because of his mercy. Because of God's mercy. So what's your place of deliverance? I want you to just, maybe just, you're already thinking of a few things. Or, you know, truth be told, lots of times it's right on the surface, right? We can't stop thinking about the things that we're still believing God to do. They're right there. You know, we're believing for a loved one to be saved. We're believing for a child to be healed. We're believing for money to come to pay for our, our bills. These things are there. Keeping people up at night sometimes, right? Causing chest pain, you know, indigestion. All of these stress signals that we are thinking that the situation is so big that we are doomed. Right, we've made our problems so much bigger than God. That's, that's the experience of the majority of people, of believers. So I'm, I'm just here today, maybe because I needed a reminder. <laughs> maybe this was all for me, that I needed to immerse myself in the truth of God's word and allow it to bring life to me. Or maybe it's for all of us here today, right? Yeah. That we need to hear this message because we're hearing so much other stuff. I mean, you can get the news on so many different channels, if you will, nowadays. So I, I do have a couple of deliverance stories. I shared one of them. Um, and I, I want to get to this point. Hi, sweetheart. <laughs> That's what Jesus' baby would probably look like. <laughs> Such a cutie. Oh, Maybe I just committed a sacrilege there. I don't know. <laughs> Not saying that he was married or anything like that. But um, anyways, so I, I want to get to this point that God is doing miracles every day. Right? He's doing miracles. But we tend to think about miracles as being like one-time events. You know, like I was going to slide into the car and transport truck and I didn't, you know. We tend to think about them like that. You know, we want God to kind of come like a lightning bolt and zap us, right? And, you know, or we come to the altar for ministry and we want the thing that's been plaguing us to just disappear. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. That does happen. But however God chooses to deliver, to, to deliver his people is the best way for us and the calling that he has on our life. However, however it is. I mean, I, I went through, uh, when I graduated from university, I went through a summer of anxiety. It was the most bizarre thing. It just kind of came out of nowhere like a storm and hit me that summer when I was graduating. I believe I was having an identity crisis because I'd come from a small town from Fort Erie and you know, you know everybody, right? And I had my identity rooted in my family and who I was as part of that whole. And then here I am graduating, getting ready to launch. I don't know anybody, right? And I have this summer of anxiety. It was debilitating. I went to the doctor and, you know, he tried to talk to me about my childhood. And, to, you know, I couldn't think of anything that had happened that I could say. Maybe I was just naive, but I didn't know Rama at the time, okay? So, but... Anyways, I couldn't, find, I couldn't find any root, and there they were. 
And so I went on a, on that Thanksgiving weekend of that year, I went on a silent retreat, if you can imagine. You can't talk to anybody on a silent retreat. You just go and spend time with Jesus and, you know, don't talk to anybody. So you have your meals. And I went with my friends, which is kind of hilarious, right? So we're on this silent retreat, not talking to each other. And I left the retreat early. I actually left early. I wasn't feeling great while I was there. It was going to be Thanksgiving dinner at my mom and dad's, and I didn't want to miss that. So I left to go home, and I remember coming home and crashing, uh, you know, on the bed upstairs, having a big, long nap, which was unusual. And I woke up from that thing, and I never had another anxiety attack, ever, ever. And they were, like, ongoing and I know how much people suffer with anxiety. I've spoken to so many people about how debilitating this is. I don't know what God did that weekend. I still don't know what God did that weekend. I just know that God stepped in and he did something miraculous in that time because of his mercy. He let me taste and see how hard it is, what it was like to go through that, which has served me well. I don't believe he brought that on but I did experience it for a season, and then he stepped in and set me free from that. But I have had other areas, believe me, that I am still standing on, hoping God will rescue me and deliver me from. You know, 30 years ago, Isaiah, Isaiah 41, the Lord spoke that to me, that I would, I would have these sharp teeth and that I would thrash the mountains and make them like chaff in the wind. I'm like, yes, Lord, bring it on. And I was thinking in, you know, in a particular area of my life that I felt like needed, needed uh, healing and reform and restoration and going for like a whole decade and feeling like nothing had happened. But I just continue to believe, like all of you are doing, continuing to believe that God will come through. He will come through. He said it. And I have an inward witness in my heart that this applies to me. This is not uh, foreign because there's the, the, the spirit of God on the inside that's speaking to my spirit and saying, Jenny, this is for you. Just as the spirit of God is speaking to your spirit right now and saying, this is for you. I have you, I promise. But I, I have seen the Lord do incremental deliverance, if you will, over a period of time where he delivered me from deception, right? From false um, idols that I was forming for myself, different things that I believed about life that I thought was true, only to find out they were completely antagonistic to God and having to lay those down. He didn't zap me with new information. Incrementally, he delivered me, as he's done for almost every single one of us here. So I want to I end by talking about the way out, okay? And I want to I say that what qualifies us is simply trusting God. Because our righteousness is from him. We know this, right? God is already motivated to deliver us. He has already made provision for everything that we're ever going to experience. If it comes that you hit a deer on the road, God knew. Right? God knew. One time we were leaving church, and my nephew had left just before me, Joy's son. He'd left just before me. He didn't know I was behind him. So I was in the car, and he lives also down the highway, so we're going home. 
and I'm behind him. Just, I just decide I'm just going to follow him, right? Anyways, I could see this deer come, boom, out of nowhere. Oh, boy, that's going to be, Lord have mercy, right? Sure enough, then, boom, hits the deer, right? So he pulls over, and this random car pulls over behind him. I get out, I tap on the window, he looks like, who's, <laughs> and it's me. How nice is that to see your auntie, right, when you're, you know, out there in the dark and you just hit a deer. And the funny thing about this story, or the powerful thing, is that his cell phone was dead. You know how sometimes we forget to charge our cell phones, right, and we end up in the dark on a highway just hitting a deer and we have no power in our phone? But my phone was charged. God is good. That is good. So he hopped in my car, and we, I drove him home. The tow truck came, got the car. God is just so good, so good. So I want to say then, trust comes from relationship. I'm just going to end on this. I know you know this. So I'm just reminding you here, okay? You don't trust someone you don't know. It's just simple. We don't trust strangers. We teach our kids, don't talk to strangers right? Because we don't know. So if God has become estranged to you, and that happens, right? That happens. If God has become estranged to you, maybe you had a terrible tragedy that happened in your life, and it's caused you to not want to talk to God, because you're maybe mad at God. How could this happen? Whatever, however, and we've become distant from him, we have detached ourselves from God. He's asking us to attach ourselves to Him again. Yes. Don't be treating God. I'm talking to myself too. I could tell you more stories. One time I got my finger stuck in the door and I didn't talk to God for two days. <laughs> so I didn't want to talk to Him. Okay? I didn't want to talk to Him. And then I'm like, Finally, okay, I need to talk to him because this is like bugging me, right? What I'm talking about is this idea of just talking to him. And I want to say, this is kind of basic, but I'm gonna, I, I think just for simplicity's sake, I'm just going to be basic with this, okay? What I want to say is that it looks like this. Take to God whatever your thing is that you need deliverance in, Okay? Imagine him sitting next to you, okay? Talk out loud to him as if he were there and he is. So at first it might seem weird, but go with the flow. Holy Spirit is that flow, right? And tell him what happened. Tell him how you feel. And I want to say, I guarantee you, God's going to say something to you. He will inject a thought to you. Just like, like Moses got the thought, lift up your staff and part the Red Sea. God will do the same thing. Just recently, I did this. I got, I got hurt, offended by someone close to me that I can't remember, to be honest. I'm blessed with not remembering these things, so that's good. <clears throat> I can't remember if they said something to me or they didn't say something and I thought they should say something. I'm being honest. I can't remember what it was, otherwise I would tell you. But I remember it bugged me for like two days, 
right? I kept just trying to let it go. I'm a mature believer. I know that I need to let this go, forgive. It was, you know, no big deal. But it was still bugging me. So I thought, I need to talk to God about this. I need to process this or process this, if you're American or Canadian, however you say it, okay? I need to talk to God about this, like process. You know when you're kneading dough and you work that dough over and over and you just keep working the dough? That's what I'm talking about. Don't shove your stuff under the carpet. Don't hide from God, right? But actually take it to God and tell him. And so I did. I said, you know what, God, like this happened and kind of bugs me, feel kind of bad. And I was just in the moment of feeling bad about it, right? And instantly this thought came to me. Remember what that person said about you a month ago in that public place? And I got this huge grin on my face because I remembered what they said and it was so sweet, it was so nice. And I was like, oh yeah, God. And I remembered, that's this person right? That's who this person really is. Everything changed in that moment. I went from two days of kind of feeling, you know, right? To all of a sudden feeling joy, like joy, great joy, great joy. That's not the natural response, right? That's supernatural. That's God stepping in with the truth, right? With the truth that changes everything. I have a recommendation for you if you don't have this devotional. It's, it's a beautiful devotional, and I'm going to just read from it. It says, tr when I talk about truth or rhema truth, you know, the kind of truth that God's spirit speaks to your spirit because it's exactly what you need. It's the medicine you need to hear, right? Truth, this truth is truth that you can feel in the depths of your spirit, Truth that you can feel in the depths of your spirit. Truth that makes you feel alive when you hear it and when you speak it. That kind of truth. There's only one kind of truth, but you have to receive it, right? God's grace is extended to us. Faith is not a performance. Faith is simply receiving. Faith is receiving what God's already made provision for. God can whisper words of hope and secret treasures that are tailor-made for your situation. I'm just reading from a Brian Simmons who wrote the, he's the editor of the Passion Translation, and he has a devotional called, I Hear His Whisper. I Hear His Whisper. It's available on Amazon.com. .ca doesn't have the full version, has a modified version, and it's not the same. But if you can, they're shipped to Canada. It's just, if you're, it's just a little tool. If you need help coming to the Lord again. So good. I want to end in prayer then. Let's do that. Let's just go, let's go right to that. Well, let me end with the scripture, Psalm 34. It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. <laughs> Their faces are never covered with shame. Glory to God. So let's believe we can receive more right now, even just in our seats as we just close our eyes and 
incline ourselves, just press into God right now, just lean into him and receive. You may not understand what God's doing. We don't always know. Lots of times we don't know, but we just trust him that he's doing a good work. Thank you, Jesus. So Lord, we just thank you for your coming today, for your, for your being with us, for your presence here, for your anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage, Lord God. You are the one who rescues us, Lord, when we call on your name. And we thank you for deliverance, Lord. And, and we just ask, Lord God, for your golden touch, Lord, even now. Lord, if there's any area where we are trapped in despair or darkness, Lord God, if there's any area of deception, Lord, or we've created a wall to keep you out, Lord God. We pray for your mercy here, Lord, all those who are dear to us, Lord, that you, Lord God, would deliver us. Thank you, Jesus. We receive the grace, Lord, that has been extended, Lord God. And we thank you, Father, that we have it. We take it by faith because we consider who you are and what you've done. So we thank you, Jesus. And we pray, Lord, for the courage that we, Lord God, could, Lord, be an encouragement to others, Lord, that we could tell our stories, Lord, communicate, Lord God, to them your love, Lord, the way that you've worked on our, on, on our behalf, Lord. So we give you, Lord, the praise and the glory for this, and we thank you that you continue to deliver us day by day, Lord God, from discouragement, from defeat, Lord God. You help us to walk in freedom and strength, Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen.